podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, the big game is almost here and we've teamed up with DraftKings to get us all in the game. This week, you can play fantasy football for a shot at the $1 million top prize. $1 million. You heard that right. DraftKings is giving away $6 million in token prizes with a million going to the winner. The sign-up link is in the pod description, our show notes, and we'll put it out on our social channels as well at the NC Show. So get involved and start making your picks. This contest locks on the 13th of Feb at 11.30 p.m., 18 plus only. Be gambleaware.org. Eligibility restrictions apply. See the website for details. Welcome to the Nat Coombe Show Edge Rush Super Bowl Special. Now, how is this working, Propo? I am sitting here in London. <laughs> and look, I'm not complaining because I'm thrilled I'm doing the Super Bowl for the BBC. And that is coming, disclaimer, from London. We're doing it for BT Sports Studios for all kinds of logistical reasons on Sunday. But I'm sitting here in London and you're over in Los Angeles as I'm looking at you right now on Radio Road. How did, how did this shake out this way? I think it's just karma now at the end of the day, just for all the hard work and good mm. things I've done throughout my life. Um, it means that I get to come out here, hang out with Michael Hardman's just walked past me. We speak to Tony Baselli's been walking past. It's nothing short of just me and the stars. And I think that's probably the only way it should have ever been that. Whereas you belong back in the UK. You're holding down the fort, aren't you? You're the safe pair of hands back there. Whereas I'm out here just networking, basically just making sure that we have any... Yeah, all show business. Yeah, exactly. All show business. Went to the Lakers game on Tuesday night. Saw uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo put on an absolute clinic. Last night, I went to a lovely little Mexican bar. I had some just delightful street tacos. And actually, Obviously, I went to the golf rocking, range. Obviously, rocking hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why did you send me out here, Nat? I thought you sent me out yeah, here yeah, just yeah. have a good time. I thought this was my reward to go on holiday. No, um, no. Really, getting I'm, some good stuff for the show. Yeah, exactly. I've been here since 6 a.m. Radio Row already. It's 9.30 now Oof. here in L.A. And I'll probably be yeah. here till about 5 p.m. So it, it long days on Radio yeah. Row. As you know, the Super Bowl is a, it's a crazy. One I wouldn't change for the world. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's an absolute grind, but the best kind of grind, right? I think you can certainly uh, certainly roll with it. And you just get spat out the other end. I'm looking forward to seeing you in about five days' time. Oh. <laughs> that look of that thousand-yard stare that we all have uh, post Super Bowl week. Well, look, it's great to see you. Look, you're putting an episode together for us, of course, which will drop uh, on Saturday over the weekend yeah. ahead of the game from LA with uh, lots of good stuff that Ollie's been getting out on the ground. But just very quickly... Give us a bit of an insight into the vibe about that right now, because obviously COVID's impacting things to a degree. It's not a typical hype train that, that we're used to. We saw that with opening night, for example, done virtually for obvious reasons once again. So what's the mood been like in, in during the week and the build up to compared to when we were in Miami, for example? So it's not quite as hectic. I mean, it still is insanely hectic it's still one of the most ridiculous experiences i've ever had radio row still has over a hundred radio stations all broadcasting right here but i think everyone's a little bit confused as to why we're not getting more sort of face-to-face time with the players why it's all still virtual we're seeing them tomorrow so that's mm. the only time that we get to have face-to-face media obviously i'm incredibly excited to go and speak to the cincinnati bengals and hopefully that'll make it into the episode for saturday but the vibe here is still amazing everyone's so happy to back here it's la it's the super bowl it doesn't get any more glamorous it doesn't get any more showbiz and just seeing all of the stars wandering around everyone's having a great time obviously they've got masks on everyone's being safe you had to do a lap flow before you came into radio row but yeah if you're this is your first super bowl and someone was telling you yeah it's a little bit quieter than usual you would be like well what's it like most of the time yeah okay fair play that is a, a, a really interesting way of def- defining it. and i'm glad you're getting glad you're getting the buzz on that is good to hear because it might be a Speaking of showbiz, Nat, so I have to interrupt you for Mm. one thing. So there was one person I talked to. I was going to save this for my episode on Saturday, but I thought because it was such a great message that I would bring it to Edge Rush. Obviously, you have a lot of friends out here. You have a lot of friends on this side of the pond in the NFL world. None more so than the 
incredible, brilliant Greg Rosenthal from the Around the NFL podcast. I spoke to him yesterday, and here is a message that he has for you. Hey, Nat, it's your friend Greg Rosenthal. I've been looking everywhere for you uh, around Super Bowl. Uh, apparently, you're not here. You've been in makeup, uh, getting ready for that big BBC day since Monday or so. I know you've been on the Peloton. Like, however hard you're going on the Peloton, go harder. There is going to be a lot of people watching. I know you'll do a great job. I know it'll be a great game. And I hope you will enjoy uh, the Bengals winning on a 58-yarder by McPherson to win the Super Bowl. Oh, man, I love that. I love that. Thank you for sorting that. Thank you, Greg, for, for dropping those kind words. What a guy. Love that man. So oh, that is that has put a big smile on my face, Proper. Big smile on my face. That makes up almost for not being out there. Exactly. And I have to ask you the question now. I'm not sure if anyone's asked you on the show this week. Actually, I know for a fact they haven't because it was Carlson and because I know that you're such a generous host. How are you feeling? You must be so excited. You know, I am. It's um, it, not dissimilar. And we, we make this point all the time, I think, when we're talking to players and saying, look, you've got a, a gig and it is clearly different to a typical gig. But it's, you know, a game that's typical, uh, different to a typical game but you're telling me you're treating it just like any other game. That can't be true. And a player will say, yeah, you know, obviously I'm aware of the context. I'm aware of the significance, but I am just treating it. And my approach is just like any other game. And that is essentially the same in this line of work. It really is. You know, I, of course I appreciate the importance of the magnitude of the gig. Uh, and I'm not letting, I'm not underestimating that, but I think if you let that overpower your mindset, uh, that's not going to end well. That's not going to, that's not going to, there's not going to be any good coming from that. So I am just doing my usual prep, getting set. I'm with OC, I'm with J-Bell. I've worked with these guys loads. And yes, it's the Super Bowl, sure. But I think, well, I've done however many games I've done from Wembley, from Spurs, from Twickenham. I've done Super Bowls, you know, on broadcast uh, before, on, on terrestrial TV before, as well as all the radio stuff. We've been so excited, nervous, but ultimately can't wait. Yeah, it should be absolutely brilliant. I have got it on record now. I know I'm going to be at the Super Bowl this year, but I'm actually going to have it on record. I'm going to watch it when I get back and I'm going to give you loads of constructive criticism the next day. I'll be coming of back course. with the pros expect, and cons. Yes. Essay, I expect exactly. yeah, a 5,000 word critique of the performance. That is that is basically what I'll be doing. But no, so happy for you, my man. I'm sure you will absolutely smash it. You'll do an amazing job. Yeah, and it's incredible. It's huge news. First of many. Thanks, man. You're a legend. Thank you for saying that. Right. Let's get out to business. That was so long ago that we did uh, an edge rush. It feels like it was so long ago. I've forgotten. Uh, the, so am I winning in the Drew Locks of the week now? Am yeah. I ahead? You're winning now. And I couldn't care less because the only reason you're winning is because you <laughs> picked the Cincinnati Bengals against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And at one right. point right. it was looking so dismal. Even the seven point spread that it was, was looking so unlikely when they were 21-3 down. It was looking mm. like they were going to go even further down. And realistically, the over was looking incredibly comfortable in the first half. There was 31 points in the first half. And I think you could probably go back to the last edge rush we did and quote me and say, yes, we managed, the Bengals managed to keep the Kansas City Chiefs to three points in the second half in the regular season, but there's no way they're going to be able to do it in the postseason. <laughs> yeah. I hold my hands up. There are some times where you're happy to be wrong, and that is the time I was happy to be wrong. I was driving back from, we, we had just, I'd been doing the BBL Cup final in Birmingham, right? Which is a hell of a day as well, actually. That was a, a brilliant day. And driving back down the motorway, and so listen to the first hour and a half on the radio, the, the first half, essentially, of just complete blown away and thought, well, this is it. This, you know, absolutely done. I, I was more worried, I think, about how off I'd be with my Drew Lock than anything else, right? Uh, <laughs> that's amazing how that comes to your forefront. But then, yeah, I mean, extraordinary stuff. So so the, um, I'm at one ahead with one to play. So it's all coming down to the wire. How appropriate. Yeah, I mean, it's all coming down to the wire and that, but it got a, is, there is a serious conflict of interest here where I mm. can't really think straight you know it's like when you've got a dog in the fight it's so hard to think impartially and throughout this week I've just been it, it whenever someone sort of praises the Bengals when I'm speaking to someone and they're really confident for instance for example Greg Rosenthal there just said he believes the Bengals are going to win it on an Evan McPherson field goal he's mm. genuinely convinced that Cincinnati are going to do this that's when I get yeah. defensive and I say well no look at these weaknesses here this is where the issues are going to be and then when someone's yeah. coming to me and saying there's no way this Bengals team's going to beat the Rams I'm like whoa 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 mm. what are you talking about absolutely ridiculous we have a great chance this is the reasons why we can mm. win so I feel mm. like I can't quite get any clarity 
over mm. this game because of how much I have invested in it. The fact that I'm here, the I, fact I, that I'm watching it, it just adds mm. adds so much to it. I mean, I can't really contain myself, as you can probably tell right now. <laughs> Are you more excited, do you think, about the Bengals in the Super Bowl or if Stoke in the very realistic event they made it to, I don't know, a Champions League final? Yep. <laughs> or a, where would that... I know it's not always a fair question because, no. you know, you love them both, right? But, Jim, you thought about... You must have thought about that a little bit. Well, I, I've been to watch Stoke in... I'd say probably my best sporting experience ever was I went... I saw Stoke beat Bolton 5-0 in an FA Cup mm. semi-final. And that was, hands mm. down, like, elation like I've never experienced. I was quite young at the time, there with my dad, and it mm-hmm. was just nothing short of sensational. The final we lost to... Mm. A 78th minute goal by Yaya Torre against Manchester City. Obviously, I still remember the exact minute. I still remember the exact goal. It was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And I think that because Stoke City's obviously been ingrained in me because of my dad and the relationship I have with him, that is Mm. obviously would be so big for me. But considering how big a part NFL has become in my life and how big a part Cincinnati Bengals have become in my life. That's largely thanks to you and the opportunities that you've given me, opportunities that I've had and I've loved every single second of it. You know, you saw me in Miami. People see me here in LA. I am literally as wide-eyed as I could ever be. This, like, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, it would be absolutely incredible. And just to add to that story, what we've seen from the Cincinnati Bengals team to go from two seasons where we compiled six wins in total and I'm sitting yeah. here questioning pretty much every single move Zach Taylor makes to now have a mm. team which is so easy to get behind where everyone now is talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Everyone's talking about Joe Burrow. Everyone's oh. talking about Jamar Chase. Like, I don't think you can underestimate just how incredible it would be to see them lift the Lombardi trophy, let alone just because of how amazing of an underdog uh, story it would be. It, it really, and I was thinking about this because the Bengals and Rams obviously played in London a couple of years back, right? And we did that game for the BBC, and at the time the Bengals were zero and eight, right? Yeah, it was two thousand and nineteen, zero and eight. And if if we'd suggested had the discussion on that show, the Bengals are the Super Bowl team within three years, you know, would have just been laughed. We'd have all pissed ourselves. It would have wouldn't have even got out. If I mentioned that at a production meeting, could I just throw this idea out there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You definitely won't be doing the Super Bowl now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that just, that is a good place to start because let's look at the key narratives and you framed it really, really well because this is a game that we've been using the term, the phrase all season long, head over heart, right? This is a game that in so many respects is leaning Rams. If you look at most, many of the key matchups, logic suggests, logic prevails that the Rams are the stronger side situation in not every uh, component of the game, but a lot of yet, as you suggest, this makeup of this Bengals side is what is keeping so many people believing in the fact that they'll keep it close. And if they can keep it close, then they can have the self-belief and the, and the, and the clutch mentality to, to see it through. Cause this game on paper shouldn't be close. We shouldn't have so many, experts of the caliber of Greg. And I've heard lots of people coming down on the same side, that there is a sense of destiny about this Bengals team and that this is their year. This is their opportunity. And when you look at the matchups, it doesn't make sense. But then the Bengals getting to the Super Bowl in the first place doesn't make any sense. Getting to the Super Bowl in two years of this rehabilitation project obviously doesn't make sense. Burrow, who had half a season, is coming back off an injury making it to the Super Bowl in his sophomore year doesn't make sense. So sense, I think we could, to some degree, tear up and chuck out of the window. But let's humor me for a moment. Let's look at the three or four key keys to this game, because I'm really keen to get your take on it, particularly as you've been out there and you've been hearing a lot of insight and opinion, seeing and hearing what the players are saying about it as well. So let's start with the most obvious, the one that everybody's talking about, the battle in the trenches, that if the Bengals are unable to limit the damage that that Rams pass rush can affect. And and I don't think anybody thinks that they're going to completely neutralize it in the same way you can't keep a number one receiver without catches and without yards. They're going to do some kind of damage. It's how much you can limit it. So it enables them to play their game. So put the case forward for the Bengals to do that, to limit the pass rush also, to do enough to establish the run. And I think those two things are maybe connected. Yeah. So my, I don't think 
we're going to be able to sorry as Mika Parsons just walks past me there <laughs> oh say hi yeah say hi, hi Mika yeah yes yeah. so what do you think about this yeah. how do you think about the Bengals offensive line ask him um, yeah yeah well no, I don't think he'll listen to me well he came out and said Joe Burrow has bad games yesterday in an interview so uh, I, I don't want to speak to him ever again um, hey, but yeah no we so, all do to be honest I mean yeah I think it all comes down to Joe Burrow and his pocket awareness and his movement in the pocket and how brilliant right. he has been all season at evading the pressure, at sensing when the rush is coming and moving away from it, spinning out. And as a result, the Bengals are six and six outright in games where he has been sacked at least three times. And four of those six defeats we had were by three points or less. And a lot of those defeats were earlier in the season when Joe Burrow wasn't playing as well as he is now. So I think that is the key. Joe Burrow is going to be fully aware that he is not going to have a lot of time. But what that means is Zach Taylor needs to get creative. And what that means is we need to rely on our elite receiving core like Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, Jamar Chase to get open early. I agree completely. Just because they can penetrate and break through the line doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get to borrow, right? Uh, and, I, and I think that's going to be key, the fast release and the innovation and all the talk of Zach Taylor being one-dimensional and out of sync and not a progressive play caller. He could have the last laugh here. He could dial up a game plan here that could shut up a lot of those haters and fair play to him if he does that. But let me ask you this, because you've touched already on, I think one of the other really fascinating things and I don't know if there's a clear answer. There seems to be divided opinion on this. You have Jamar Chase and you have Jalen Ramsey. And it would make sense to put Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase. It's the Belichick MO of taking out the number one offensive threat of the opposition. But as Ollie Connolly was suggesting on the pod, a smart counterplay would be to double Jamar Chase, which ideally would have the same impact. Put uh, Jalen Ramsey on T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd, particularly if to follow through your logic, it's short, sharp in the slot, pacey. Tyler Boyd is suddenly picking up three, four, five catches in the first quarter, and they've got to shut that down. Put Ramsey in the slot, double Jamar Chase, and and force him, force Burrow, that is, to to look elsewhere. What do you think they will do? Or do you anticipate the Rams will adjust depending on what they're seeing in front of them? Or do you think they will say, no, you're on Chase all night long to Ramsey? We first will just say, I edited and listened to Ali Connolly podcast. How brilliant was it? It was absolutely sensational. You did a great job. He did a great job. It's incredible insight. Absolutely incredible insight. I think, honestly, some of the best insight you can get out there in this mad sphere of Super Bowl content. It was absolutely sensational. Um, but it's a great point because I think that would be the smart thing to do. And I think they will adjust to what they're seeing. And the one reason why I would love for them to put Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase is because... Mm outside of Jalen Ramsey, all of the other cornerbacks and all of the other members of the Rams secondary are 5'11 or shorter. T Higgins, six foot four. So he would mm. absolutely dominate them. And Joe Burrow, we know, is not afraid just to throw that ball up and expect his receiver to make a play. And I think T Higgins, he's won national championships in college. He is an elite receiver and he will make those plays if they do take away Chase. But as you said, I do so It's think- like me trying to cover you, basically, old. That's what yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your Ben Isaac's trying to cover me, yeah, right. even. That'd be- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so that's what I, I hope they do. But I think if they double Jamar Chase, then that is going to open up so much more space for the other one. You know, that's going to open up so much more space for T Higgins. That's going to open up so much more space for Tyler Boyd. So I think that's yeah. dangerous because you can't, you can double team Jamar Chase and put Jane Ramsey on either Tyler Boyd or T Higgins. But then this Ram secondary, I genuinely think the depth in it is probably one of the weakest areas in this team. And I think that's when yeah. one of the other wide receivers could sit like seriously take advantage and I think that would be mm. a real advantage for them so I think they've got a lot to think about this Rams defense they have been absolutely brilliant all season the one thing they haven't done well is stop wide receivers except for in the red zone that's where they've been absolutely brilliant mm. so I believe that no matter what they do in the secondary Joe Burrow is going to have success with his wide receiving core where I have issues now is the run game I think the Rams mm. defense will take away our run game pretty early doors. And unless we get a lead relying on Joe Burrow, I think we might have to abandon that pretty quickly. And I think we could struggle to hold on to that lead because our offensive line is, is simply not as strong as their defensive line. And especially when it comes to the pass rush, but also in the run game. 
And mm. we just don't seem to have the creativity in the run game or from what I've seen so far this postseason to be able to create enough space for Joe Mixon to have a big game. I mean, he hasn't gone over 65 yards in the past eight games now. And I don't yeah. see a reason when you're going up against one of the best run defences in the NFL for him to do that this week. Will they continue with the game plan of leading with Mixon on first down quite a lot, do you think? I mean, that just seems to be what Zach Taylor does. Do you know what I mean? It just seems to be like, that seems to be his game plan. And I think that he probably will just to see if he can get anything out of this run game. And don't get me wrong, I expect the first kind of couple of scripted plays, he might have some creativity mm. lined up. I want to see a bit more Chris Evans. I know P. Rhyme came off the big play against the Chiefs, but Chris Evans is an electric player. He's had some huge kickoff returns. And if we get him, mm. especially in the passing game, out of the backfield, I think he could have a big impact in this game. He's got that kind of star power, which I can't wait to see going forward. Do you think that's what, just bringing a few of these points together, do you think that's what they... Th- will give the Bengals the best chance of winning if they are innovative, if they buck the trend of what they've been doing, bring it. So give up the fact that, okay, Chase might not have a big game, but this guy's Tyler Boyd's going to step up. He's going to be 120 yards on, you know, 10 catches. We're going to use some of the second and third tier guys in a creative way. If they come out doing that from the outset, that could be really interesting. Do you think that they will gamble? Do you think there's a chance they will roll the dice and think look, we're, we, we got here when no one thought we'd get here. We're, heavy underdogs, let's let's roll with it. Or the flip side of that, I'm hearing so many people I respect saying it's going to be a really close game. It's going to, hence Greg, it's going to be decided by field goal. And I'm hearing, you know, it's going to be under the total. We'll get into the totals, obviously, in our picks in a minute. Unders seems to be a very voguish steer and it's going to be really, really tight. I don't see it that way. I think, you if, I think if the Rams win, they win comfortably. I think if the Rams win, they, they win comfortably. And I... I'm open to being convinced on the show because I've heard lots of different opinions and there's a lot of buzz about the Bengals, but I am leaning at the moment quite heavily. Rabs. Back to my question. Do you think they would have a better chance of winning the Bengals if they gamble and approach this in a way, a different way to the conventional offense they've been running for much of the season? It's a really good question, that, And I think ultimately... With our offensive play calling, the only way the Cincinnati Bengals can win this game is going to be down to how well Joe Burrow plays. And he's called the Iceman. He's the coolest man in show business right now. Everyone is praising his how tough he is because of the fact that he took nine sacks and still managed to beat the Tennessee Titans. Everyone's praising how cool he is because of what he wears before the games, but I don't think anyone... Quite similar is... to you in that respect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly, just tough and so cool. So many ways. <laughs> yeah, tough and cool. Yeah. But this is where he's That's not similar describe to me. describe you to anyone. Yeah, no, this is where he's not similar to me, mm. is he's incredibly intelligent. He is <laughs> a very, very smart human being, and I think his preparation has been sort of perfectly depicted in the past couple of playoffs where he knows... Mm what to do at the right time. He knows which one of his players yeah. to go to at the right time. He knows when he needs to run with the ball. He knows when to throw the ball away, which I've been criticised him before. I've criticised him before the Chiefs game. I said he wasn't throwing the ball away enough against Tennessee Titans. Against the Chiefs, he did it absolutely fantastically. He knows when to roll out the pocket. Mm. He knows when to step up exactly in the same way that Tom Brady does. Mm. And it's there is going to be moments where Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, outdoes Zach Taylor and he outdoes our offence. Mm. And Joe Burrow will have to, when the game breaks down, make the play and find that player. And that's where the connection with Jamar Chase is so important. And I think Jamar Chase's intelligence is underestimated. I think the way that he moves, especially after the play breaks down, is underestimated how great he is. I don't think mm. that we're going to be able to outscheme the Rams. I don't think that we're going to be able to be more creative than the Rams. I think we've seen some incredible creativity from Sean McVay in the postseason and he's kind of reverted back to the kind of stuff he did with Jared Goff but what I can see is those moments where Aaron Donald is chasing Joe Burrow out of the pocket and Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow makes an unbelievable 25 yard play to T Higgins who goes up and makes a massive catch against the slightly smaller Rams member of the secondary I see Jamar Chase breaking off a huge 
50, 40-yard run after catching the ball two yards from where Joe Burrow threw it to him. Those are the kinds of things. So as much as I think that the Cincinnati Bengals will have to adjust their game plan slightly, these guys have the capability to win this Super Bowl for this Bengals team. Despite the fact that, and this is going on to the next point, and this is what I've been saying when I've been speaking on radio all week, that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon are not the reason the Cincinnati Bengals are in their Super Bowl. Is our defense. defense wins championships. Let's look at that at the other side of the ball because you're absolutely right for all the obvious focus on uh, on Burrow. And I think in particular because of this Rams front, it makes sense that that is the, the matchup that people are obsessing about and the electric way that Jamar Chase plays for sure. But yeah, let's flip it because that way we can open up this Rams offense and try to understand where that's at right now because Stafford's been balling in the postseason and he's shut up quite a few haters. But we know... He is error prone. It's something me and Ollie Connolly got into on the show and he is the rush of blood to the head. And it is almost certain that we're going to get one or two of those moments. It's how costly they'll prove to be for the Rams. So let's look at that matchup. A lot, a very different defense, isn't it? Because it's so many unsung heroes. You've got the all-star Hollywood Rams and you've got this collection of players, as you pointed out in the past, like Eli Apple, who were... High round picks that didn't really project out. Some people said were busts that were just, and you see it all, you know, decade after decade. Those kind of players fascinate me. And it's a clearly uh, focused and concentrated recruitment strategy. Buying low, as you would say, a number of players. At the same time, attracting some top draw emerging talent like Trey Hendrickson. And putting together a really interesting combination in this defense that is coached brilliantly as we saw against the Chiefs in the second half and is quietly under the radar here so you're quite confident about the matchup I'm sensing that Bengals D against this Rams offense um I'm similar to Ollie Connolly in the sense where I'm just such a massive Luana Rumo fan that I believe that he'll be able to adjust this defense in any way which he sees from what the Rams are doing. I think he'll be able to create serious Mm. issues for Matthew Stafford, who has been absolutely sensational in this postseason. I think he will be able to find ways to stop Cooper Cup. And you know what's funny is Mike Hilton's already come out and said in a press conference this week that, yes, Cooper Cup has had an all-time season. He's had one of the best wide receiving seasons of all time, if not the best, but he still has tells. I can still tell what he's going to do at the line of scrimmage. And I've been researching excessively mm. throughout this week because Cooper Cup now, and I have to give him some praise here. Mike Hilton is going to be covering him a lot in the slot. Listen to mm. this mm. for a statistic. Cooper Cup is the best slot receiver and it's not even close this season. He's lined up there 66.5% of the time, 95 catches, for 1,402 yards, 10 touchdowns in the regular season. The gap between Cup and the second most productive slot receiver was Christian Kirk, who had 637 yards. That's the same as the difference between Kirk (laughs) and the 85th most productive slot receiver. Wow. That, like, honestly, yeah, how crazy is that? It is an absolutely ridiculous statistic and just demonstrates how elite Cooper Cup has been, especially in the slot this season. And it's because of what Mm. Sean McVay has dialed up for him, the fact that he's given him options on the offensive line when they line up to scrimmage and just how intelligent Cooper Cup is. But at the same time, Lou Anarumo is also an incredibly intelligent guy. Don't forget this guy managed Mm. to keep the Kansas City Chiefs to three points in the second half in back-to-back games, even though I didn't predict it. I don't think anyone predicted it. So I think he has the capability (laughs) to find a way to stop Cooper Cup. And all of these defense now really understand what he needs from them. They are really close, tight-knit unit. That is largely due to DJ Reader, who was another excellent pickup that we got from the Houston Texans last season. It can't be overestimated how important he is and how much he ties this defense together and especially stopping the run game as well. And then the secondary they finally are working in tune. They understand what they need to be doing. Chidobi Awuzie has been absolutely brilliant. He'll have a massive role to play in this game, potentially on Odell Beckham stopping him. Eli Apple pops up in the right places at the right times. He can make a big play if needs be. Mike Hilton has just been so consistent. He's so smart. He was brilliant when he made that interception against the Tennessee Titans. He nearly made it twice. That's how good he was when he made that play. And then we're not even talking <laughs> about Jesse Bates and... Mm. Von Bell, who are just so diverse and they are so brilliant at what they do. But the best thing about the Cincinnati Bengals defense is they now know exactly what they need to do. They know exactly what Lou is asking them to do. And I think they have the potential to cause a lot of problems for this LA Rams offense, which has been so sensational. 
throughout this season and especially since Odell Beckham has come in and had the impact that he has had. And I think that we will be able to cause some problems. I don't think we're going to have the tart moment that the 49ers had. I think Stafford, when he throws that boneheaded play, I think we'll be able to pick him off. And we, the reason why mm. the Bengals are in the Super Bowl again is because of big turnovers at big moments. Jermaine Pratt against the Raiders, Mike Hilton against the Tennessee Titans, stopping Derrick Henry on fourth and one in a huge moment in the playoffs. Mm. Like when your defense is showing up in those moments, it's a great sign going into a Super Bowl where how many times have we seen a Super Bowl won by defense? It isn't always the jazziest team. It isn't always the showboating team like some would say the LA Rams are or the ones with all the star power. Look at the Denver Broncos when they beat the Carolina Panthers. Look at both the New York Giants teams when they won. It was the ugly team that came away with it. And that's what I find so fascinating is when I'm here and everyone's talking about Joe Burrow and everyone's talking about Jamar Chase and everyone's talking about the star power that Cincinnati Bengals team has, the firepower they has. When at the end of the day, the Bengals, when they've been successful this season, a lot of the time has been just winning ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. It's a great point. You know, on the point you made earlier about if the ground game gets taken away, and particularly if the Bengals go in a hole early on it, that will be an inevitable eventuality. What are you more worried about? Or rather, which team should be more worried about going in a hole early in this game? If the Rams fall behind, let's call it a two-score hole minimum, which team is going to be more in Stuck if they go behind early or heavily during the game? Do you know what's funny is I don't necessarily think that either team will be just purely based off the fact that these two teams' best players are their quarterbacks at this point right now. And I think that they can rely mm. on them. The run game, Sean McVay loves the run game. Zach Taylor loves the run game. But at the same time, it just hasn't been that effective, especially so far in the playoffs. They haven't been able, either team hasn't been able to get it going. So we saw what happened when the Cincinnati Bengals went behind and the Bengals were forced to put the ball into Joe Burrow's hands. He made some incredible plays. We saw what happened when it came down to the critical moment when Matthew Stafford needed to make a play, when Cooper Cup needed to make a play against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What happened? Stafford made the play. Cooper Cup made the play. Same thing happened against San Francisco 49ers. I honestly think that it might be a, a worse thing for one of these teams if they do go ahead early. I know Joe Burrow has come out and said earlier this week, that he believes that the Cincinnati Bengals need to get a fast start, but the Bengals haven't got a fast start for like 10 games now. So mm. I honestly think that you almost would be more vulnerable if you are the team that goes ahead, say goes up two touchdowns and then tries to dine out on the run game. When I honestly think that the more that both these teams put the ball in their quarterback's hands, the better both these teams have a chance of winning. Hey guys, producer Ollie here, just reminding you to head over to collegefootballireland.com to register your interest ahead of the tickets going on sale in March for the big game between Northwestern and Nebraska. I'm going to be there. Nat will be there after he goes on a four-month holiday celebrating his BBC gig. Carson will be there. We just have to make sure we keep him away from the refs, but you don't want to miss this one. So head over to collegefootballireland.com. Okay, players, as before we get to our picks, players that we, maybe this will connect with our picks, that we following through the logic from earlier, that aren't the headline acts that everybody's talking about that could emerge as the big time, big game player for their team. I think Ty Boyd, and I know, look, he's obviously not a, a, a player that you're thinking, who I didn't know completely, but he's been underperforming in the, in the playoffs so far. I think he could have a sneaky big game. Cam Akers for the Rams, yep. I think, could have a really significant game. So those are my two. What about you? Or any any uh, others you want to throw in the mix? They're kind of second tier, uh, second tier players that could be wake up on Monday morning as superstars. So the one that I know you're a massive fan of, quite rightly, and you always give him credit, especially when it's not given because of the people that he's surrounded by is Leonard Floyd in the pass rushing game. He is, when you think that Aaron Donald is the one that everyone is talking about, the man behind me on a massive poster in Radio Row is Von Miller. He's already got himself a Super Bowl MVP. When realistically, oh, Leonard right. Floyd has always been able to take advantage of Aaron Donald creating so much pressure up the middle. Von Miller's been able to take advantage of that 
so far this season, not as much in the postseason, but especially nearing the end of the regular season. And I expect Leonard Floyd, because the Bengals are going to be focusing so much on trying to stop Aaron Donald, trying to stop Von Miller, that Leonard Floyd is going to be the one that they don't necessarily put as much attention towards. And then I think he could feast. So I think he is one who could potentially have a massive game. And Cam Akers was the one I was going to say, Nat. You you stole my mm, man okay. right there. Because the one <laughs> the Sorry, one bro. yeah, the one thing that I know for a fact that the Bengals can't stop. And I won't lie, I'm going to give one of my prop bets here right now. Do you know what Cam Akers over receiving yards is like at Nat? Oh, I bet it, well he's definitely low. That's a loaded question. I'm gonna say it's at 27.5. 15 and a half. <laughs> Can we stop the pod for five minutes? I'm going to go pile on all my, all my money on that right now. It might have it gone up since what? I last checked. I'm having, a, I'm struggling That's to get crazy. the odds out here in USA. But yeah, Cam Akers, he's played in four games since his return and has finished with over 15 and a half receiving yards in two of them, only two of them. So that's why this line is there. Oh, but those two games... Oh, I've yeah. got it, I've, on, on one book, I've got it 13 and a half. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I'm not, obviously not going to name it but yeah 13 and a half well can you, you just can you put some, some money I'll put some on I, I, I was going yeah. to transfer you some money right now so if you could just load a bunch on that that would be sensational because obviously I can't access it out here but yeah so he didn't go over 15 and a half in two of the games he's come back but those were against the 49ers who are one of the best teams against running backs mm. in the passing game if not the best team against right. running backs in the passing game Cam Akers has been absolutely brilliant outside of those two games for his whole career with the LA Rams and when you look at what the Bengals have done against any receiving running back that is tend to be elite in that in that caliber you've got Jarrett McKinnon three receptions 30 yards Josh Jacobs four receptions 44 yards Austin Eckler five receptions 45 yards so Cam Akers surely Nat and this is famous final words Surely he's going over yeah. 15 and a half receiving yards. Surely he is. <laughs> Let's batch up, clip up all of your surely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, surely the Bengals can't keep the Chiefs to three points in the second <laughs> half again. Do you know what that I saw? Was, I, was, I was doing some, um, an interview earlier uh, for a show and I, the producer had sent through some questions they were going to ask. And one of them was your favorite moments of the season. So I was just sitting down and sketching out, uh, you know, a few things. And I thought, I remember when the Raiders, do you remember when Ngonkwe got the Raiders to uh, all huddle in the, in the middle of uh, the Chiefs, in the middle of Arrowhead, in the middle on the, on the shield, in the middle of the field, and then the Chiefs absolutely smashed them. And I was talking, talking to someone about this earlier, and they said, oh, there's a really funny video on YouTube, just a really funny cut, where you just see the comms going, and look at what Ngonkwe's doing. He's getting the Raiders into the middle of the, that's going to hype him up. That's saying, we're ready for this. We're not scared of you. And then it just smash cuts to five nothing. We should do uh, an edge rush, edge rush version of that. Just cut all our favorite, our best moments of the season. Well, can I just say, because what you're brilliant at now, and we know is talking about your famous, hot, like great takes. We talk about Amari Cooper going <laughs> yeah. to Dallas Cowboys. We yeah. talk about the Patriots we being talk a about playoff team. We talk about Kansas City Chiefs being a Super Bowl team, which they're not, by the way, thanks to the Santa Bengals. Uh, the but, LA Rams, I think you'll find a, an article around oh the same Oh, God, time. here we go. Here we go. I'm going to go deep as well. If you want me to share the article with you. Yeah, fine, share the article. We send it for the 10th time this year. Fine, share it, share it to I will. me. <laughs> I want to be the antithesis to you now, and I'm going to talk about a couple of okay. my takes from earlier this season. Okay. I've just remembered <laughs> okay, here we that go. are potentially yep. some of the worst I've ever had. I remember waking mm. up on the morning that it was announced that Cam Newton was going to be a Carolina Panther. <laughs> yeah. And I remember saying that Matt Rule was such an elite coach, this defense was such an elite group, and that Cam Newton was a smart enough quarterback yeah. to not turn over the ball, that the Carolina Panthers were almost definitely a playoff team in this terrible NFC race. I couldn't have been any more wrong. Matt Rule has been demonstrated to be a bit of a clown Amazing. from take. what we've seen so far the rest of this season. Cam Newton turned the ball over a jillion times when he arrived and they were yes. nowhere near the playoffs. My second favourite, which I now remember, it came up mm -hmm. to when I saw an article written about Deshaun Jackson and why he sort of forced his way out the Rams and how much of a mistake that was. I'm pretty sure after that one game, Deshaun Jackson had a big game for the Vegas Raiders Classic buy-in yes. on prime time on Thanksgiving. I remember being like, 
the Rams have made the biggest mistake not holding yeah. on to Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, he did. He Why have they picked up they Odell yeah, Beckham yeah. Jr. when they could have yeah. Deshaun Jackson with the threat down deep? So as much as I love this sport, I watch it excessively and I like to think that I know quite a lot about it. Those are two takes where I have to hold my hands and say they are absolutely nothing short of pathetic. Love that. Love both of them. And I love that you're, you're man enough to hold your hands up and say, I made a mistake. And I, I, I love that about you all. I, that is fair play. And believe me, as you pointed out many times, I've got a stack of those as well. So we should pick those out. <laughs> whole show dedicated to ridiculous takes that we've made all right in a witch let's get down to business so let's we'll pick the big one last we'll do the drew locks of the week last so let's do your prop bets first propose super bowl prop bets so acres over 15 and a half receiving yards that's definitely my best one if i could make that my drew lock i would make it my drew lock i think that should absolutely walk in second one is over one and a half field goals for the bengals again doesn't really make any sense to me that line seems very low Evan McPherson has had four field goals in every game in the playoffs so far. The Rams defense, as we've already discussed, is an elite defense. There's no doubting that. The Bengals are going to take the points where they can and not take too many risks because it's Zach Taylor and we know he won't. And when you have Evan McPherson, the man that everyone is talking about, I've never seen a kicker get so much love at a Super Bowl in my entire life, but he's making 50 plus yarders under absolute scrutiny and as much pressure as you can have on a kicker making 50 plus yarders. So I expect him to, him to be utilized a lot in this game whenever we can and for him to do the business. So I do think that over one and a half field goals for the Bengals is way too low, just like that can make his number. Mm, and then this is just a cheeky yeah, one. Yeah. This, is a, this is a low stake, high risk, little cheeky one, Nat, just for everyone to mm-hmm. have a little flutter on, hopefully get some big odds on it. It'll be like seven, eight to one. I like a bet builder which you can get on most uh, bookies these days most websites most providers T Higgins and OBJ both to score touchdowns and the reason that I like both of those guys is because I think both the Bengals defensive scheme and the Rams defensive scheme will be so heavily focused on taking away Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase in the red zone. And I think both of these defensive coordinators are good enough to be able to do that. But I think that will create space for the wide receiver twos who in Odell Beckham Jr. and T Higgins are both elite and two of the best wide receiver twos in this league. So I think you get good value by getting about seven, eight to one, which depending on which odds uh, maker you get it from on T Higgins and OBJ both to score touchdowns. Take them as singles if you want, if you want a little safer, smaller plays. But that's just a little Super Bowl special Go for that one. The other one I quite like, which I saw, but I don't think you can get it on many bookies in the UK. So I was going to give it as an official pick. Is they? I think that it's like Kevin Huber, the Bengals punter. The longest punt yeah. is at like 48 and a half or like 51 and a half. And the guy averages like 55. Mm. I thought that number was low, but the guy averages like 55 yard punts every single time. And it's in a dome. So it's not like he's going to be affected by wind or anything. So, and we're probably going to be punting the ball quite a lot. I'm not going to say that the the Bengals are going to go the whole game without punting from inside yeah, their own I was going to say, you, you yeah. got strangely pessimistic out there in California, Oliver. Makes you think you're going to have any punts at all. Oh, no, I'm a, re- I'm a realist yeah, on, man. At the end of the day, we'll have at least two punts uh, and at most three. So, what? yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love all of those. Uh, propose prop bets. Uh, get up with those. Love the Beckham uh, and Higgins one in particular. Uh, MVP. All right. So, I... My strong lead on MVP, which is showing my hand on where I'm going to go with my pick for the game as well. My strong lean. And the thing with MVP is you've got to look at, obviously, at value as well. Quarterbacks rarely are going to give you value for obvious reasons, right? So I would like nothing more than seeing a defensive player winning MVP just because it doesn't happen enough. You know how I feel about that when it comes to league MVP as well. It's always bloody quarterbacks. They should vary that up. And I do feel at times that defensive players... Uh, are marginalized in that award. Uh, certainly when it comes to Super Bowl MVP, was Von Miller the last defensive player to win it? Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. We should check, do the maths on that. I think he might've been, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, so there you go. And and in the last 10 years, uh, what one other defensive player I think has won it. So I would love Von Miller or, uh, or Donald to step up, but, and Floyd, of course, would be a sneaky, sneaky dark horse pick there, as you've uh, rightly said, but, Cooper Cup is my strong favorite for MVP because I do think the Rams are going to win this game. I do also think they cover and I think that Cooper Cup is going to have a big game. And I and I wonder whether if that's the case, if that lends itself to Cup needing to have 
150 yards, two touchdowns to take that from Stafford. But I think that's entirely possible the way that this season is projected and played out. So I am liking in terms of value, bear in mind I'm in on the Rams here, I'm liking Cooper Cup for my MVP. What about you? Sure, it's interesting. So I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll I think Cam Akers at 35 mm. to 1 is a serious amount of value from what I'm seeing here. I think he could easily have a massive game, especially if the Rams take a lead, if he breaks off a big uh, run or if he breaks off a big uh, receiving catch as well. And has he could easily have some big yards after catch. But as you said, I would love to see a defensive player get it. And I think that at the end of the day now, and I think I've said this on the show before, it's heartbreaking when the best players in this league don't get what they deserve and they don't get a Super Bowl because there's only one prize in this sport. It's not like our football or cricket where there's various different prizes. Everyone always talks about Gerald not winning the Premier League, but at the end of the day, he's got the Champions League. Austin Eckler's just walking past mm-hmm. me there and Adrian Peterson's in my line of vision. So I just have to just get those ones in there. Just a nice little colour piece there. Ask him whether he thinks Cooper Cup's the good uh, pick. Yeah, exactly. Well, Austin, Austin. No, he's ignoring me. He's ignoring me. Doesn't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Amazing work. Proper partners. That's proper dad, journalism. Dad. <laughs> dad. You are a dad. dad. Can't hear me. Austin. He can't hear me. That's our NFL partridge for you. Love it all. Uh, I'm getting, now I'm getting talks about I'm getting talks more looking over to me and they're doing parties back at me so it's all, it's all it's all happening it's all happening here on Radio Row. Dad. Um so I can't remember what I was saying, but no. So going back to the best players. So Aaron Rodgers has got a Super Bowl. Tom Brady yeah. obviously has a stupid amount of Super Bowls. Hot take or? Hot take. Yeah, yeah, hot take. <laughs> the player that I think in this league deserves one more than anyone is Aaron Donald. I think he's been the best mm-hmm. player in this league year after year. And because he's not, a no, because he's not sort of one of the skill positions. He doesn't get the praise that he deserves and it doesn't mean he gets all of the highlights. He doesn't get all of the coverage when realistically what he has done year after year has been absolutely sensational. Even if this year hasn't been quite as impressive as one's gone by. But I think that's why I'm even more scared of what he might be able to do in the Super Bowl. You saw him sitting on the sidelines against the Patriots. You saw how gutted he was that he wasn't able to make the impact that he did in that game. And I don't think someone that talented, that physically imposing, that brilliant at this sport will go another Super Bowl without having putting his stamp on it. And I think at 16 to one, there is a lot of value, Mm. especially because I do think that this isn't necessarily going to be that of a high scoring game. I think we might disagree there. Like, I just think that this is going to be quite a defensive game. And I think the Rams will play to whatever's in front of them. And I think the Bengals will do the same. I think it could be quite tight. Um, and I think it will be low scoring. And I just think that Aaron Donald's got a great chance to be the Super Bowl MVP because if there's one player knowing that defensive players don't usually get it, that would get it, it is Aaron Donald because he is the face yeah. of defence in this league. I think that that counts for a lot logically. I mean, when Malcolm Smith won it uh, in, the, in the New York Super Bowl, I mean, he had just an unbelievable game. And no one else, certainly offensively, for the Seahawks, who would have got the nod if they had, because offensive offensive players typically do, you, you couldn't put any kind of credible argument. It was a bit of a head scratcher, but he had crazy numbers, right? And so an unfashionable, unheralded player winning it is possible, but it's typically going to lean towards a Von Miller or, or Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey, potentially if he has, any, but Jalen Ramsey, I think isn't necessarily the type of ball hawking corner that's going to make those splash highlight plays. He's going to shut down. He's going to make really difficult plays, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be, uh, you know, picking off, watch, watch Jalen Ramsey get the big sixes now. Uh, but you know what I mean? So I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. Although I do, I love Cam Akers. We talked about him earlier. I think he could have a big sticky game. So similarly value there, Tyler Boyd. If you're looking deep down at the 2030, you've got the odds there all, I'm sure. You know, the, the longer shots, I think Tyler Boyd and Cam Akers is the sleeper picks. Therefore, yep. you know, if, if you want to have a bit of fun there, um, then that I'd look there as well. And then Leonard Floyd for that same reason, defensively, he could have that, type game where because of the pressure uh, that is being absorbed uh, around him and the gaps opening up, I think Floyd could go, could go big uh, and uh, that could be an interesting one as well. All right. 
let's go. Let's, let's be week. honest. I've got, yeah, one, one quick one there before that. Let's be real for a second, mm. though. And I remember you made the very smart point. I remember where we were sitting. We were sitting having breakfast in Miami, building up to the Super Bowl. And I remember you said the very smart point was there's no way if the Kansas City Chiefs win, the way that type team was built, offensively speaking, mm-hmm. if they put up points, there's no way, no matter how well anyone plays, the Patrick Mahomes isn't given the Super Bowl MVP just because of the narrative surrounding him. He shouldn't have won it that year. He really shouldn't. Yeah. Williams yeah. should have won it. And he, yeah. Mahomes was still given it. And for that exact same logic, Nat, if you're going to put someone in the Bengals, if you back the Bengals, <laughs> hammer Joe Burrow to be the Super Bowl MVP because of the narrative yeah. surrounding him. It's a real smart play i'm stealing it from you and i think it applies directly to here as well that's uh, a great point and, and i guess as well we ben put it brilliantly in one of the playoff games when he said i think it was was it the 49ers rams when he was saying that garoppolo and stafford and the connection there the quarterbacks one needs to win the game for them the other one just doesn't have to lose yeah. it right and and i think that uh that is that do we think that's the same here are we saying that burrow obviously has to have a blinding game for the Bengals to win. Does Stafford have to have a good enough game to be Super Bowl MVP yeah. for the Rams to win? No, I don't think yeah. he does. I think Joe Burrow has to be the MVP for the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals to win. Bengals to win. The, yeah, right. Whereas on the other side of it, I think I don't think Matthew Stafford just has to not make mistakes. He can't make any yeah. mistakes, and he has to be that can have to have that consistency that he's had so far in the postseason that we didn't see from him at the end of the regular season, where we consistently see him through see him through interceptions, make and make mistakes at big moments in the game. If he continues to play the way he has in this postseason, which hasn't been electric, it's just been good enough then they will be absolutely fine. Yeah. All right. Which brings us to the big one, the Drew Locks of the week. Oh, it's, I'll go it's, first. first. It's okay. So first of all, it's going to be biased. I can't, there's no way I'm taking the Rams in this game. Um, I can't do that. You can't do it. Because you can't bring yourself to yeah. do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Shouldn't even you though- do that though? Shouldn't you just, shouldn't you pile on the Rams and then it's win-win for you. So if the Bengals win, your team's won. And if the Rams win, your quid's in. You know how you always say that you, whenever, whatever you bet on Miami, you're always wrong. You know, like whenever you go against your team, West Ham, yeah, West Ham as well. (laughs) It's it's amazing. The exact same thing happens to me with Stoke Mm. and with the Cincinnati Bengals. I always seem to be on the wrong side. My most famous Stoke City moment was when I had every, I had an acker back in the day when Stoke Crystal in the Premier League, and. All I needed was Man City to beat Stoke City at home was the final thing in my ACA to win quite a handsome yeah. amount of money. And Mama Juf, Mama Biram Juf, the Senegalese superstar, <laughs> ran the length of the pitch yeah. and nutmegged Joe Hart yeah. to seal the win for Stoke City. <laughs> and it was that moment where I was yeah. like, oh my goodness. Like, uh, yes, I'm incredibly happy we've just gone and won at the Etihad. But at the same time, I could have just won quite a quite a lot of money, especially for a student back in that time. So this is why I find this kind of thing so difficult because it's so hard to disconnect your heart from this. So, but I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna apply logic to my pick. And at the same time, the one thing the Cincinnati Bengals have done all season long is keep games close. They've fought. They've gone up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. They've gone down by 17, 18, 20 points, and they've come back and beaten them. They have knocked off the team in the NFL, the one that everyone is saying is the next dynasty. Patrick Mahomes is the next best thing. And they also, in that second half, made him look ordinary. And I think if you're able to do that, I think we will defensively have the capabilities to cause the Rams a lot of problems. And I have faith in Lou. I have a lot of faith in the Cincinnati Bengals defense. And for that reason, I will take plus four and a half. That's too many points when the Cincinnati Bengals team has only lost by more than three points twice this season. And those both happened much earlier in the year. And once one was against a Browns team where we only played backups. So for that reason, I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals plus four and a half with the points. If we win, it's just, yeah, yeah. What a bonus, eh? What a bonus. This, you know what, you are a, a gentleman and a scholar, Propo, because you are rolling with your team. I, I love it. And it, look, it is more than that. As, to bring full circle, we were talking head and heart at the top, and you've put a very logical argument forwards for why this game will be close. And I respect that. And I respect a lot of people who have had a similar argument, and I get it. And maybe it was in the stars, you know, maybe it was meant to be the journey that you and I have been on this season with Edge Rush, wide open NFL season, a wide open Drew Lock contest coming down to the final week. 
it was written in the stars that we would take opposing positions for the Super Bowl because my Drew Lock of the Week is the Rams yeah. minus four and a half. Yeah, I feel the fairy tale angles are an incredible ride and I love them. And actually, as you well know, because we work together so much and your connection with the Bengals, you know from early on how much I've said, oh, I've got a real affection for this team. I, re- I love watching them early on when, let's face it, for a lot of the season, we didn't really know where it was going to end up. They were amongst the most watchable teams in the league. And I am thrilled that they've made the Super Bowl. I love so many things we talked about on the show today. You know, the unsung defense, players like Eli Apple. I remember, God, I remember Eli Apple getting drafted. I remember Giants fans saying, what a bust and then bounce. I love those stories. Where now, this really, like this, really sounds like you're dumping a long-term girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> It's not you. It's what it is. I just stay where I'm in my life right now. I just feel I need a change. I feel I need to go with the. I'm actually talking myself into the into the Bengals here. Okay, I'm gonna enough for the schmaltz and the Bengals. It's all gonna be taken care of in trenches. That defense, yeah, is gonna be. Oh, it's obvious thing to say. And you know what? If we work on Monday morning and Burrow had escaped Eli style from insane coverage and launched it up there and Higgins had made a one-handed grab and my God, I don't believe this. He's going to do it. You know, would I be surprised? No, but I, unfortunately I think the fairy tale ends on Sunday. I think the future is bright. The other factor we haven't mentioned, which I absolutely feel is going to be on the mind. You've kind of mentioned it with Donald, but I think it's going to be a collective feeling with this Ram side. They all know, they know that this is win now situation. Yes. Yeah. Probably. They have a fighting shot at contending next season. But those guys know this is the opportunity. Whereas yeah. the Bengals are looking at this. Of course, they're going to grab it, but they're young. They'll be back. That's the vibe. That's what they feel. So I'm going Rams minus four and a half. That's my Drew Lock of the week. Yeah. No, I mean, at the end of the day, Nat, it's it's a solid pick. I think this is going to be a great game. I think the line is exactly where it should be. I think the bookies have it. All of the sharps are going on the Rams from what I can see. The money's going on the Rams and the money's all going on the under. Do you want me to just go through some of the uh, the biggest bets for the Super Bowl, though, just while yeah. we're, while we're yeah, here? Because yeah. there are some absolute stunners. And whilst obviously I was in Vegas last week. How much money people have put down. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about Vegas on. Tell me... I will uh, save that. Let's save that for... We'll save that for next week. We'll save that for another podcast. I post Super, Yeah, an off-season special. So someone at Caesars this week, four and a half million dollars on the Bengals' money line. What? How was that? Come on. And it wasn't even me. Caesars this week. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't even me. How crazy Four and is that? Four and a half million. That is nuts. Someone has put seven and a half grand on Rams defensive lineman Aaron Donald to be named Super Bowl MVP at 16 to one at mm, MGM like in America. Like that. that returns 120 grand. Uh, and then all of the other major bets now, I'm not going to lie, they're all on the Rams. Someone's put one and a half million on the Rams minus four. Someone's bet Rams minus four, 500 grand. Uh, someone's 400 grand on Rams money line, 250 grand on the Rams to win. So realistically, all of the big money, yeah. apart from that one, that one guy <laughs> who has put four and a half million dollars on the Bengals to win, apart from him, all of the sharp money, all of the big betters, they're all going on the Rams. So realistically, it looks like a smart bet at this point, but there's no way I can make it. Yeah, fair play. And I respect you for it as well. Oh, uh, that is all she wrote for this edge rush. you got to get back to the glitz and glam. It's been brilliant catching up with you. Brilliant to see everything flying around behind you as well. Uh, it is a special old week and it's great that you're out there and enjoying it and reveling in it. And I, I made up that at the big game, it's your team. You're going to be there for it. So when I'm on this side of the pond, having a big night of my own, I'll be thinking telepathically across across the water at how it's playing out and how you might how you're going to be feeling and look I, in a way I hope I'm wrong I hope I'm wrong about the Rams because it would be great to see the Bengals upset the odds uh, and it would be great for you to to be there when your team wins it so who, who the hell knows who the hell knows how this is going to play it's that been that kind of season right so we will see look after yourself bud travels 
Uh, are you heading back to Vegas before you head home? for? A- uh, if I can sneak it in, if uh, the Bengals plus four and a half comes in, I will be going and losing all of that in Vegas, hopefully. That will be the plan. But just on before I head hand, out, just- yeah, on one hand, exactly. Yeah. I mean, my the biggest issue now was, this is just a little sneak peek, was the only time that I had a run in Vegas. I mean, it didn't go well. I'm just going to put that one out here as it never does. It didn't go too well for me. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, the one time I did have a run, I thought I'd made a really special connection with the dealer at the blackjack table. I was quite drunk at the time. And his yeah. name was, his name I thought was Kenny and hit me, Kenny, yeah. Kenny, give it like, do you know what I mean? The whole shebang talking to him, Kenny, that's, I love it. I love it, Kenny. No, Kenny, you're killing me. And then, you know, that moment where the dealers switch, he yeah. just goes, he takes off. I'm like, Kenny, you've been an absolute star, mate. Thank you so much. I've had a great time. Hope you have too. He just <laughs> puts his things down. He just goes, by the way, my name's Kerry. <laughs> and I've been misreading <laughs> his name tag <laughs> the whole time. Oh yeah, absolute legend! Oh, that's. <laughs> oh, it and was. Then did, did your luck change after that point? Yeah, it oh, did. did. Funny enough, did. I didn't last much longer after that. It was all cold gone. dealer. It was oh, all when gone, you get a yeah. cold dealer, just who probably heard that exchange. It was thought, right? This, this idiot. Yeah. Oh boy. So oh, it was. Brilliant. But it was a very Love entertaining that. time. Um. Yeah. Just quickly now. Obviously, another thing I've just got to say before we go. I've already said it, but we'll be very nervous on Sunday night for very different reasons for me going for the Bengals and obviously you because you're doing an incredible thing and you shouldn't be nervous because you completely deserve it. Now, I have done absolutely nothing in the role of Bengals getting to the Super Bowl, but you have done so much to get to this point. You fully deserve it and I can't wait for you to absolutely smash out of the park. You'll have a great time with Jason, OC and FA. It'll be a sensational show and if anyone listening isn't planning on watching it, they're absolute morons. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate you saying that. Back at bro. It's been great to catch up with you and enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the big game, buddy. And we'll uh, see you back, back on these shores next week. We'll do a Vegas special next week. And we'll do, we'll do our, we're doing our, we've got to do our award show as well, don't we? We need to give out our funny award show. Award show. We've got all kinds of stuff rolling in the off season. And you see, you know what, seeing as you mentioned, kind of touched on it earlier, some brilliant pods in the vault. Ollie Connolly, as you said, absolutely on fire. Iron Micahs as well. Shane Vereen. Ben Isaacs, all your favourites. Go check out. We're pushing episodes all week long. And Propo's dropping his Saturday. So we're recording this Thursday. Should be out quite soon. Keep your eyes peeled on the feed. You'll get Oz's uh, special episode from LA as well. So all of those will get you set for the big game. Uh, oh, look after yourself, bud. You too, my man. Go well. Podcast Network.